Hello. Welcome to Stories for Wonderful Children, the podcast where I share the recordings of the bedtime stories I've improvised for my children over the years. I'm Dan Wendelin, your host and storyteller. For almost 20 years, I made up a new story for my children every night at bedtime. Many of those stories were recorded, and now I'd like to share the very best of those with you. I hope you enjoy these stories for wonderful children. Ea was sitting in her throne on her throne, resting yeah. her head I on her this hands. For a while. How do you spell Ea? Ea. Oh. Resting her head in her hands, staring down at the letter on her lap. Shan walked in. I could tell immediately that something was wrong. What is it? he asked, walking up towards her. This, she said, showing him the letter. Shan read it over and sighed. Oh dear, he said. Well, I suppose we ought to let Doc know. Why, said Ia, there's nothing he can do about it. Well, yes, but if the grim fairies are going to be here at the castle, he'll probably want to know. I don't suppose there's anything magical you can do to convince them not to come, said Ia. Afraid not, said Shan. When the Grim Fairies decide to visit somewhere, you pretty much just have to put up with them. The what fairies? Grim Fairies. What are Grim Fairies? Just have to listen to the story and find out. Do you suppose, said Ia, that we ought to send Pontus away while they're here? The Grim Fairies don't much like anything that's funny. Matter of fact, they don't really think anything is funny. I'm afraid that Pontus might get on their bad side. I don't know, said Shan. You can let him know they're coming. Leave it up to him what to do. All right, said Ia. She said, I'm going to call him and all the stewards and judges of the castle and the lords of the kingdom together and let them know. So she called a meeting for later that day, after lunch. And she stood up in front of the room of all the people like to announce that the grim fairies have said that they will be paying a visit to our castle for two days at the end of the week. The grim fairies do not find anything humorous, and they are renowned for having both powerful magic and fierce tempers. We must do our very best not to offend them. Pontifus, I thought you might want to know. It might be safest for you if you were not here. Not here, said Pontifus. Whatever do you mean, Queen Ea? If I weren't here, the Grim Fairies could just have their way with you all. I'd come back and I'd find everything dull and the castle walls gray again and no smiley face on the drawbridge and, and everyone frightfully sad and bored. No, no, I'll stay here. But you don't understand, said Ea. They're the, they're the Grim Fairies. They do not like jesters. Well... <laughs> sniffed Pontifus. I can't say that we jesters much care for them, either. And just because they've announced that they come doesn't mean that I have to leave the castle that I've uh, chosen as my home. No, no. Let them come, and we'll see which is stronger. The grim, the anger, or humor. Pontifus, said Ea, you should not do anything to endanger yourself or the kingdom. Queen Ea, said Pontifus, quite frankly, this is one of those times when you should listen to your jester. And he gave her his sweetest, most endearing smile. 
It was the smile that Ia recognized that he used whenever he was going to be particularly troublesome in the near future. She sighed. All right, she said. I've warned you. The castle the next two days was busy with preparations. He had the very best guest rooms aired out and all the bright colors taken out of them and replaced with just simple whites and blacks. She had bland food prepared by the very best chefs, things that would be of sufficient quality to be approved of by fairies, but not so good that anybody might be tempted to take a whole lot of pleasure or happiness in the food. She also arranged for some entertainment for the fairies while they were there. She commissioned actors to perform some very sad, dramatic plays with no jokes in them at all. Pontifus watched her preparations and just sighed and shook his head. Pontifus, the morning of the Grim Fairy's arrival, was the only one in the whole castle who was not dressed in simple white or black. He was, as usual, wearing his black leather vest with the bright, bright yellow sleeves and pants and the skull cap with its bright yellow and black. He stood near the queen and Shan as the drawbridge of the castle went down and a gray coach drawn by two exactly identical gray horses was pulled into the castle courtyard. The doors opened by a footman clad all in gray and two absolutely beautiful people came out except that you could tell at first glance that they weren't really people. They had to be fairies of some kind because they were too beautiful to be people. Beautiful in a way that was not something that made you admire them so much as that they were so perfect that they almost made you a little afraid of them. The expressions on their faces did nothing to change this. They both wore slight frowns and had a way of looking at you just a little too long until you began to feel that perhaps they had seen something wrong with you and that you weren't quite sure what it was and you were just about to apologize to them for whatever it was that they found wrong with you when their gaze would shift on. They dismounted. There were a brother and a sister, both with white hair and white skin and ears that came slightly to points. They had long, thin bodies with long, thin fingers, each of which carried a wand. Both of their wands were very utilitarian. It means they looked functional, but they were not beautiful as some fairy wands were. They dismounted, and the brother stepped forward. Queen Ia, he said, I am Adolf Grimm. This is my sister, Adele. We thank you for your hospitality while we are here. We would like to be shown to our rooms now, please. Certainly, said Ia. Welcome to our kingdom. She said it just the way she had rehearsed, with not too much of a smile, and being friendly without being really sounding too glad that they were here. She turned 
began to walk in. Wait, said the fairy. What is he doing here? His wand, trembling slightly, was pointed straight at Pontifus. Oh my, said Pontifus. Me? He gave the fairy his biggest, biggest grin. He said, well, I live here. Pleasure to meet you. And he executed his smoothest bow while saying, my name is Pontifus the Jester. And as he reached the end of his bow, he rolled smoothly forward into a somersault, ending in a handspring back onto his feet, all the while wearing his biggest grin. His handspring brought him so that he popped up so that he was right in front of the fairy, and as he sprung back upright onto his feet, the ferret, the tip of the fairy's wand ended poking just slightly up Pontifus's left nostril. <laughs> the fairy recoiled in disgust, shaking the wand, and Pontifus said, Oh, pardon me. And then, in something that Ea would never have believed possible, the jester moved even faster than the fairy, and a moment later the fairy's wand was in Pontifus's hand, who was carefully inspecting it. Hey, said the fairy. Pontifus carefully looked at the end of the wand, and then handed it back to the fairy, saying, Don't worry, no boogers on it. <coughs> the fairy frowned even more deeply, but Pontifus simply smiled disarmingly and turned to follow Queen Ea. The fairies looked at each other for a moment, frowning, and then shrugging, they followed Ea. And Shan Eponymous into the castle where they were shown to their rooms. They looked at their rooms, and Adele said, These will be adequate. We thank you. Ea said, Are you hungry? We have a meal prepared. Certainly, said the fairies. And they followed Ea to tables. Food was set before them all. It was adequate food. It was not the sort of food that those in the palace were used to. There were not too many sauces, not too many bright colors, not too many sweet tastes. There was no chocolate. Well, almost no chocolate. Somehow, the same bowls got passed around to everyone, but although everybody else's plates accumulated mashed potatoes and fish and broccoli and water to drink, Pontifus somehow poured out of the same pitcher that had poured everyone else water, and yet in his cup was hot cocoa, and on his plate was a thick, meaty steak with garlic mashed potatoes sitting their heavenly scent, and little ranch on the side, and chocolate chip cookies where everyone else's broccoli was. Ea noticed it about halfway through the serving, and she watched him very carefully, but she could not see him slipping anything out of his sleeves or any place else. She did notice that a number of other people seated around the table were looking rather enviously at Pontifus's plate, wondering how he had gotten so much better food than the rest of them. Ea, with her tummy rumbling at the smell of chocolate chip cookies, had to admit that she was a little jealous herself. They said grace before the meal, and... As they looked up, Ea noticed Adele glaring. She followed the direction of her glare and saw that she was glaring at Pontifus, who had just started his meal, not with his steak. 
and not with his hot cocoa, but rather by taking a big bite out of one of his chocolate chip cookies. She could see the chocolate chips were still moist and sort of stranded out from the chocolate chip cookie towards his mouth. Adele was frowning at Pontifus, who was chewing and smiling as big as he could while chewing right back at the fairy. Adele turned to the queen. Your jester eats extravagantly, Queen Ea. Ea said, yes. Well, Pontifus said, I eat how I choose, fairy. You eat how you choose. Why don't we live and let live? I fail to see why everyone else is emulating you. I'm sure everyone here would much rather be having chocolate chip cookies, right? No one dared to speak up. Pontifus sighed. He said, oh, well. And then he went as if to push his chair back from the table, but the back legs of his chair did not move, and so he went flat over onto his back, or would have if it had been anyone but Pontifus. But as it was Pontifus, as the chair went over, Pontifus flipped himself out of it on his hands and landed on his feet to everyone's gasp. A couple of the servings people applauded before they were silenced by the fairy's grim looks. Pontifus grinned and said, Oh, clumsy me. Pontifus said, yeah, May I speak to you for a moment? Certainly, said Pontifus. What, may I be helpful with my queen? Need a joke? No, said Ea. I need you to quit aggravating the fairies. My queen, my queen, said Pontifus. The grim fairies are feared and have power only because we give it to them. Their magic is only as strong as we allow it to be. <sighs> yes, sighed, she said. Okay, Pontifus, I'm not going to ask you to not be yourself, but just promise me that they're not going to have smiley faces on their butts when they stand up. Very well, my queen, said Pontifus. He walked back to his seat, put the chair upside down, and then perched on the four legs of it, as if that was exactly how he was always used to sitting, and went back to munching his chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> After dinner, the dishes had been cleared away. Ea asked the fairies if they would like to see a play. As long as it's nothing funny, said Adolf. The actors came out dressed in somber blacks. Well, they were initially, at least, as they came out and began performing their play, which was full of tears and sadness and people dying and sword fights, and, and there was nothing entertaining really about it. It just made you feel sad. Suddenly, Pontifus gave a simply tremendous sneeze. Ah, And as he sneezed, suddenly one of the actors that was, had dressed, been dressed all in black was suddenly covered with bright blue all over the front of his costume. The actor looked surprised as Pontifus said, excuse me, I'm getting a little bit of a cold. But the strangest thing was that that actor suddenly seemed to be performing differently. Even though he was still saying the sad lines, he was saying them in a funny sort of way, adding sarcasm to it, and a little twist of his, a little twist of a smile. 
And then Ponipus sneezed again in one of the other actors' costume turned red. And again he said, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know what's come over me, after a third actor's costume had turned bright yellow. That actor suddenly seemed to have a propensity to do a little bit of a dance as he walked from place to place. The fairies stood up. Well, I never said Adele. Queen Ea, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to go. If we had known that there was a jester in this castle, we would have never found it suitable for our visit. Perhaps if you ever get rid of him, you may let us know and we may again grace you with our presence. I'm so sorry, said Ea. Um, but if you must go, then you must go. This is Pontifus's home and I cannot ask him to leave. Fine. The fairies stalked out of their carriage. Everyone stood quietly, except for Pontifus, who is smiling and waving wildly, saying, Bye-bye now! Take care, have a good trip! As the fairies turned and got into their carriage, the carriage went out across the drawbridge. Ia's eyes widened as she noticed that the drawbridge was now striped in the colors of the rainbow. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, and then she had to suppress a little titter as she saw that the colors were very wet paint and that the wheels of the carriage were picking them up as were the horses' hooves as they went across, and that whenever the fairies reached their next destination, their carriage would not be quite so gray. Looking around the courtyard, Ia saw that everyone was wearing smiles, smiles that she realized that she had missed during those two frantic days of preparation for the grim fairies. Pontifus, she said. Yes, my queen? Thank you, she said, for saving us from becoming a little too grim ourselves. It is my duty, my queen, he said, with just a slight bow and a wink. Thanks for listening to Stories for Wonderful Children. I created today's story, but heckling and clever commentary were supplied by my children. The theme music was created by Brandon Thompson, and the logo was designed by Silas Wendelin. If you know someone who might enjoy the stories, please tell them about the show. Our website is storiesforwonderfulchildren.com, and preview snippets are posted to most social media. I'm Dan Wendelin, reminding you to tell someone you love a story. Thank you.